so Ferros, you were telling me it is uh, 2013. Yeah. You just immigrated to Sweden from Jordan. Mm -hmm. You left for reasons that we're going to talk about a bit later. You are going insane because no one is talking to you. You're, you're not talking to anyone. You don't know anyone. Your kids are not talking to you because they're yeah. busy playing video yes. games yeah. with, with the, the, the fantastic uh, high-speed internets that Sweden offers. Exactly. What happens next? Yeah, then I decided that I will um, talk to one person at least every day. So that was my mission. Like, go down to the streets. And Lund is a small city. And when we say mid-July, it's almost empty. Everyone is traveling, no one is in Lund. So it like I was walking in the street, it was completely empty. Big shock. Yeah, <laughs> yes, coming from Amman, from my city. So uh, it was like, uh, okay, I have to go to the streets. I have to find someone, ask them about anything. Directions, uh, uh, just say good morning, anything, just to keep the human uh, contact. And then I was in the library and uh, I received a message on my phone in Swedish. So since I don't speak Swedish, uh, there was a man playing with his kids. And I felt like, okay, this is uh, safe to ask him because he has kids. And so I, I approached him and then I asked him, uh, can you please help me? Uh, uh, what does this message say? Because I was afraid it's saying that I don't have any balance uh, in my, uh, no credits for right. the phone. Right. And then I, uh, so I asked him, he translated the message to me and then he asked me, where are you from, from Jordan? And then I asked him, so it started, we started talking like for an hour, we talked about religion, politics, uh, uh, culture, right away. Uh, right away. And that was, uh, I think one of the most social persons in Sweden, uh, uh, Johannes. And that was the start of, a long uh, friendship so he invited me he said okay we will uh, we will help you find an apartment we will help you uh, uh, like uh, settle in Lund and I want you to introduce I want to introduce you to my wife so he invited me to lunch but uh, after I left I was so happy and this was the longest conversation I ever had uh, uh, since wow. I arrived and it was like it was like uh, really it came on, oxygen on, yes Yes. It's exactly like oxygen. So <laughs> I went back home and then I called my brother excited. My brother was working with Nokia in Finland for uh, like 16 years before 2013. And then he had a Swedish girlfriend. So he knows Swedes. And I told him, yeah, I met this nice guy. And he invited me to introduce me to his wife. And, and my <laughs> brother was like, okay, there is something wrong here. Swedes don't invite people, strangers, especially like uh, from the first time. And right. you have to be careful. Take your son with you. And I did. <laughs> so that, that, I, that was the beginning of your story in Sweden. Exactly. Feroz, you are a symbol of integration for me. And thank you very much thank for you. being with us. Thanks. the corner of my eye, I saw a pretty little thing approaching me. She said, I never seen a man who looks so all alone, or could you use a little company? If you pay the right price, your evening will be nice, and you can go and send me on my way. I said, you're such a sweet young thing, why you do this to yourself? She looked at me, and this is what she said, oh, there ain't no rest for the wicked. Money don't grow on trees. I got When I saw the shadow of a man creep out of sight And then he swept up from behind He put a gun up to my head He made it clear he wasn't looking for a fight He said, give me all you got I want your money, not your life But if you try to make a move, I won't think twice I told him you could have my cash But first you know I gotta ask What made you wanna live this kind of life? He said that
Five years later, um, from from that day you were yeah. telling us about, uh, you are now well integrated in Sweden, like very well integrated. It's incredible how many uh, things you you have done in this country already, and um, we're going to talk a little bit about your about your life. But you are um, an activist, a journalist, and a, a cross cultural, uh, an expert in cross cultural uh, issues. And um, we're going to talk about integration, about mm -hmm. uh, the refugee crisis, and some of the work that you're doing uh, on, on, on that theme. Why did you leave Jordan? What were you mm. doing there? And what was the, that moment where you said, enough is enough, yeah. I'm out? Yeah. Uh, so it was uh, since the beginning of the Syrian war, things were uh, not very stable. You, you know how the Middle East, the whole Middle East was going crazy. But in Jordan, things were stable on the surface. It was so fragile and things were getting harder every day. But the thing actually that made me take the decision was uh, that I lost hope. So it was like uh, with the Arab Spring, we started seeing hope and we wanted the change to happen and we were so hopeful. And then when the first results started and we saw that the elections, uh, for example, in Egypt and, and uh, the things that happened in Tunisia also, we started seeing that we have been hoping for a real change and those who came to the government or to, to, to be in, in the uh, leader's position, they started by excluding us, excluding anyone who doesn't look like them, who doesn't think like them. So I thought like, okay, but this is the same old story, like you fight for the freedom of everyone and then someone take over and then they start by killing and, and uh, uh, pushing everyone uh, uh, other than their own ideology. So I was thinking that, yeah, this is this is the same thing. And also I have two teenagers. Uh, at that time they were uh, 10 and 12. And I could not think about them being radicalized. And it was very... I mean, Jordan is a stable country, but there are so many uh, uh, with the with the bad economy, with all the social uh, issues in Jordan and the Middle East in general. Uh, people get they become extremists easier than before. Right. So I thought, like, I I have to to leave. You were also uh, a journalist already yep. over there. And, I uh, was. Yeah. Have you heard about censorship? <laughs> Sometime <laughs> in your too. life. Yeah, so it's, uh, I was, uh, I'm a, a published author and uh, one of my books was uh, censored, uh, my first book actually. But then uh, I was writing in newspapers about issues of politics and culture and I had, of course, to pass the censorship every week. And then there were words taken away, there were words changing, there were whole paragraphs removed, then there were articles completely removed. And that was like, okay, come on. Uh, it's, it was like I, I could not breathe. So that was also one of the major things in my life uh, that made me move. If you haven't got problems, I feel bad for your son. I got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. 
So um, I should mention that um, we were not going to play any music from Jordan. We didn't <laughs> want to take the risk of like, I mean, we don't know anything about the lyrics. We don't know anything about your, your culture, what you even like. Mm. So we've been for, you know, a mix of tracks. You will see some things will uh, make you want to dance. And that's good. You remember we met in a nightclub somewhere, <laughs> somewhere <laughs> on an island. We can't say where. It was not Ibiza. But... <laughs> I remember hearing your story and and um, I was not I had not drunk a lot so I know I was <laughs> um, I was um, yeah I was impressed and 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 I remember a lot of things that I want to ask you about yeah um, what's what happened over those five years those five first years in in Sweden the big mm. picture you had to learn the language like can you run us through the, mm. the main chapters yeah. First two years, I had to start working immediately because I, it was a probation period by the migration board. So either you make it with your company or you're out. With your own company? Yes, because I came not as a refugee, I came as a self-employed. So the, the agreement was you come, you start your company. If within two years you made enough money, you stay. Otherwise, get out. Yeah, and I remember the bar is quite high, yes. enough money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if anyone who understands business, if you're not running a pizzeria or a restaurant or a taxi, you cannot earn money in the first two years, you lose money. Right. But yeah, this is the migration board uh, rules. And uh, mm. so I started first two years working so hard to make my company earn enough money. I managed and then I continued to work with business. Meanwhile, I did one cultural project uh, uh, as a source also to, of income. But uh, uh, after that, uh, uh, I started looking at the cultural only the last year, actually. I started looking, okay, I'm a writer, I'm a journalist, I love to work with culture, and I think of culture as a, an excellent tool for integration. So I started working with that. And now uh, I'm in this transformation um, period between moving from being a completely business-focused uh, uh, person to using business uh, and culture in integration. You started working right away. What does it mean? You don't speak Swedish. Like I also uh, immigrated to Sweden at some point in my life. Yeah. And I also had to start working right away. Yeah. What What is it that you think made you successful in that early stage um, moment where so many other people fail and are challenged by the reality of the of the hardship my experience was positive i mean i found that uh, swedes in general speak excellent english so that helped me 
And I, I don't know what would have happened if I was trying to speak bad Swedish with them. Would, would I be received as the same way? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Mm. But uh, it was like uh, uh, I immediately had this uh, contact with, the, with the, my friend that I told you about. And then I was also uh, a member of a uh, professional organization. So when I came to Sweden, I seek to be a member again. And I volunteered. I would say two things that uh, saved me. I spent so much time and effort volunteering. Everywhere, with every organization, every kind of tasks you can imagine, I volunteered a lot and it paid back. I knew that it will pay back and it did, it did. And uh, then it was like uh, when you are in your country, you don't seek networking because uh, it's, a, it's a, an option. Right. When you are in another country, it's a survival tool. So right. I had to survive because of my kids. So. And you have a pretty good ability to connect with people. Thank you.
So, Ferus, let's let's talk more about uh, integration and immigration. I don't know if you heard, but it's a hot topic right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is? Let's talk more about this mindset of making it into a new country or making it into a new system. I mean, there is something that needs to happen in your in your mind. Uh, you don't have any references. You. Don't, you cannot build on anything that you've done before, and and then you you know you, you started working with with immigrants and 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 various uh, social projects. What is it that you observe? What is it that mm. you know? What are the challenges that we need to figure out in a in an integration uh, you know um, vision? Mm. Yeah, uh, my work with integration started because of my observation because of my own experience so i came to sweden i had like uh, i'm an engineer and i had 20 years of experience behind me i had international certificates i speak good english i had some financial resources none of this helped me to start my business hmm. so i came after all of this and i was no one absolutely zero hmm. no one so this was really tough and uh, It's at the identity level even, it's like... Yeah, look, exactly, yeah. also. So sometimes, yeah, I mean, there is something positive in it, but it's mostly that you have built a reputation, you have built a history, you have built everything. And now you have to work on two different levels. You are experienced and knowledgeable and you have all this behind you and at the same time you are no one. So it's, it's a bit of confusing. But uh, so I started uh, trying to make my company work. I found it so extremely hard. And then I was trying to connect to other immigrants who are building their companies so that I know what to expect. And then it was extremely hard also, but I built a good network among immigrants who are trying to build their companies. Mm -hmm. Some of them succeed, some of them left. Uh, doing that made me think, okay, I will do something that will make the life and experience of people uh, like me, uh, who are like used to run their own businesses, come to Sweden, they want to start again. Yeah. I will try to make their experience better than mine. So what's the mindset? I would say that first, as an immigrant, I thought like, I am equal. I'm equal to my peers in Sweden. I am, I really believe that I am productive. I can produce. If there is nothing, if this is not working, it's because there is problem with the system. It's not a problem with me. Okay. So first, this is the, the mindset that we have to really believe that, or in, that we are productive and we can give. And uh, one other thing is that I felt like There are small, small, small things in, in the system that does not allow immigrants to excel and to be productive as soon as they wish. Uh, and it's not the language. It's not the language. And uh, uh, what, what is it? There are small and big uh, parts of, of the system that are not working. In Sweden, for example, one of the issues is that uh, you come in uh, before you... The system does not allow you immediately as a refugee, I'm saying. You cannot immediately start learning the language and it took long time for people to start learning the language. During this time, they were doing nothing. Hmm. And they could have uh, started doing something like... Having a social uh, activity as well. Not only social, I mean a programmer. Why do you need to learn Swedish to start working? Hmm. Uh, if you are doing something practical, something that, uh, yeah, I mean, true. not all the jobs need you to learn uh, uh, the language first. Uh, take right. the experience in, in, in Denmark or in, in Germany. They learn the language as they go at Along, work. Yeah. I still now, I go back to school. I did not learn language first. I worked first. I built myself and my network. And then now I'm going to the school to learn yeah. Swedish. Did you, uh, looking back, this moment where you make the decision in Jordan into 
you know, to come to Sweden. Mm. Yes or no? Did you did you did you think that it would be that hard? No. is um, an opportunity actually for, for, for European countries. Um, it was proven, there have been a lot of um, discussion about this. Mm -hmm. Do you think most countries understand this and what are the building blocks to turn this um, opportunity into an asset? Mm. from the, the state perspective? I think that countries uh, understand this uh, on the uh, state level, like uh, the government understand. That's why they opened up the doors for immigration. What happens is that there is a gap between the understanding of the government and the businesses, for example, or on a social level. So I, th I think there is a big gap that does not allow businesses and organizations here to turn uh, and use the diversity uh, and turn it into benefits for okay. both sides. I, I believe that diversity has so many benefit, business benefits. Uh, one, one very uh, funny uh, fact is that, for example, the immigrants in Sweden, they are almost 19.6. Uh, percent, they have one-fifth of the consumption power and the purchase power. And the businesses are not using this. They are not looking at immigrants as, um, as a market as a market, or not using the diversity also of the immigrants to make benefits and connect to the world. You, you have so many nationalities. You have so many immigrants in Sweden. You can turn this as to, into a tool to, that allows you to just go 
everywhere and anywhere. You have people who understand cultures, languages, they can help you, they, can, they have contacts, they have bases. The fact that you don't look at the immigrants as an equivalent, you don't look at them as peers, you don't allow them to come into the businesses, you want, sometimes I feel like we want to keep immigrants in the refuge state. Yep. Because this is... That's not a new idea. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, Sweden knows uh, how to best treat uh, refugees. Uh, Sweden knows how to uh, uh, welcome them and uh, offer them uh, social welfare. But when it comes to using them as business, uh, 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 to use the diversity and use their assets and utilize them, it, it's not the best. It's, we, we, we failed. I would say, yep. we failed. Monday, smooth style, mistake, blue mind, slow flow, going on. One, two, three, and step by step, Tuesday, potential, sweet, oh, beginning, make a sound, going on. One, two, three, and step by step. My life, seven days, left right waiting for a D-Day. I like every day, dream life, love on a third day. Didel, dun didi dun dow. Didel, dun didi dun dow. Didel, dun didi dun dow. My life, seven days, I like every day. It just feels so right Please wait for a while It just feels so right One, two, three, and step by step Step by step all day Wednesday, live in life, so full. It is dream color, move the body. One, two, three, and step by step. Thursday, love's light. Next time, dreams light. Sun, moon, on and on. One, two, three, and step by step. My life. Seven days, left right waiting for a D-Day I like every day, dream life, love on a third day So I hear you, um, there are two words that you use a lot It's business and culture Yeah um, Can we talk about harnessing culture? to drive integration. Yeah, absolutely. And you're working with this right now. Yeah, I'm working with it uh, uh, because I think that, uh, again, the diversity, you, where can you see this? I'm in Sweden, where, where do we see this? In the streets, in the music, in the, in the uh, we see it hardly in the food. Mm -hmm. Barely, but uh, not with the arts, not with the culture. Immigrants are living in their bubbles when they have their events, even cultural events. It is so isolated. Right. And I think this is uh, uh, ridiculous because you have all these potentials. You right. have these opportunities. And uh, so, yeah, I started last uh, year. Uh, I started an immigrant stand-up comedy network. Nice. Yeah, for immigrants to, uh, because I think that you need to, sp 
to make a joke in your own language. So I, and I think you were bored and you, you <laughs> needed someone to make you laugh. So yes. you said those guys. It's an excellent source, you know, this di uh, contrast between uh, like so many things that we have in our uh, home countries and what's in Sweden, the warmth, uh, the coldness, like the people's... Uh, um, there are a lot uh, of themes that they can talk about. Yes, yeah. and it is an excellent source of humor. So, and this, when I did this, it was, I saw that so many of the cultural projects, they lack participants among immigrants. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. municipalities and uh, cities they are designing boring programs boring cultural programs where immigrants are not even part of deciding what do we want to work with when right. it comes to culture and then you offer them a program that doesn't relate to them they cannot yeah. connect and then they don't go and so when I did this uh, immigrant uh, stand-up comedy network it's also because refugees are always connected to the drama and they are human beings, they need to laugh and they need to make jokes in their own languages, mm. they need to laugh at themselves and about how Swedes see language uh, as uh, the most um, first thing that right. you have to learn. How, how does it work? So you, you, there are meetups every once in a while and then people just uh, come and you know give a piece to the to the audience or, or? no actually I, I ran uh, a contest a competition and then I said we want the best stand-up comedian man and woman and young under 18 and then they were apl applying sending pieces and then we chose the best four and they sh they we had two shows in uh, during one of the biggest comedy festivals in Sweden and Scandinavia Lund Comedy Festival. Nice. So and this is something also I'm doing this year again. So it's like based on a competition where you can see that there are potential not only the winners but there are good potentials and then you invite them and with that I want to do business also. I mm. want to turn each one of these comedians who is interested and have the entrepreneurship mindset. I want to bring them to start their own businesses so that they can survive because this is, this does not require training, does not require education. So all these uh, uh, traditional barriers are not there. So mm -hmm. I want to do this.
you know, the the power of culture. I mean, I cannot get enough of this. Like every single interview, we get to talk about culture at some point. What's next for the the, the stand-up comedy network? I mean, yeah, it's year one right now. It's year one. I was hoping that we can add one more language each year, so that like we started with Arabic because the Arabic speaking audience is the biggest here now. And then I was hoping that to add uh, one more uh, language each year. Why didn't you do it? Because no one is interested in sponsoring this. There's no no one. I, I'm still struggling. Like uh, They don't see the value. Uh, they see the value, but they, they are like, uh, okay, after you succeed, we are sure then we can we can uh, put some money. Right. Yeah. What what other, um, do you look at what other countries are doing or have done? I mean, Sweden, even if there are a lot of things that can be fixed, is, is quite advanced on the integration uh, model, like, well, from a global perspective. And, and in Europe, there are some other interesting stories, but um, how, How do other countries do it today, the integration game? Mm -hmm. and, and are we really far from the truth everywhere in Europe? Or? Uh, yeah, I think uh, every country is doing it in, in their own way. Some countries, they start uh, by pushing immigrants to learn the language. Some push them to find the job. But uh, definitely Sweden is doing it, uh, in my opinion, in the least. Uh, uh, successful way. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I believe so because they are. Uh, I I heard this from many immigrants that the system does not allow us to be productive. We are pushed to stay uh, in the refugee state, and we are not able to come into the labor market because there is a lot of discrimination. Entrepreneurs find there is a proven studies and researches that. There is discrimination in the financial sector against immigrants. Of course, we know 70% of the entrepreneurs, they fail. But is that worse than in other European countries? Yes. Because there's this, Im this image of Sweden, op Sweden opening the doors. Yes, and, yes but the funny thing is that uh, when I asked, okay, how is this? Uh, because Sweden was the best in integration. And I was like reading, how was that uh, uh, assessed? And it was like by expenditure on immigration. And this is so fucking sick, you know. You can, you, you can curse on the yeah, show. Yeah, thank okay. you. Thank you. <laughs> Because you cannot measure your success by how much you spend money on that only. You have to have results and you have to be accountable for these results. Like, okay, I want to achieve this. Then did you achieve this or not? Right. But what happens is that the taxpayers' money are so frustrated that so much money is gone uh, for immigrants. And immigrants are frustrated because the fucking money does not arrive to them in any way or form. Like, uh, not any way or form. We have lots of education, but not the same amount of money that are allocated for immigration projects. At the end of the day, the right wing is going Stronger and stronger, the immigrants are frustrated that they came to Sweden, not to Germany or to other countries. And right. it's a lose-lose situation. How do we say, where is the money in Arabic? Well, Masari. <laughs> how simple and yet how profound the difference is. A diablero is a diablero. And a warrior is a warrior. Or a man can be both. There are enough people who are both. But a man who only traverses the paths of life is everything. Today, I am neither a warrior nor a diablero. For me, there is only the traveling on the paths that have a heart. On any path that may have a heart. There I travel, and the only worthwhile challenge for me is to traverse its full length. Looking, 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 There is a crack between the two worlds, the world of the Diableros and the world of living men. The particular thing to learn is how to get to the crack between the worlds and how to enter the other world. There's a place where the two worlds overlap. The crack of the crack is there. There, 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 there.
seconds to prepare a remarkable immigrant story <laughs> okay someone who stood who stood out um, yeah I'm sure you have something yeah I'd... okay 30 seconds Sophia's story. So Sophia is an Ethiopian woman who came. Ethiopian. Ethiopian. Yep. Uh, came with her teenager son. Uh, she was living in a refugee camp two hours and a half away from the city where I started a business accelerator for immigrants. And Sophia applied and she did not have a residency permit. She, she did not have anything. She was filing for asylum. And then I called her. I told her, you're not eligible. Sorry you don't have uh, any kind of permit. And she said, please, I don't need anything from you. I will sit and just listen. I will not even talk. Just let me, I need only information. I want to start my company. I have been running a, a small business in, in Ethiopia and I want to start my company here. Uh, but Sophia, it's two hours and a half coming and going back five hours every time you come and you cannot you don't have the money. And she said, I, I don't mind. I come for five hours each day that I participate. Okay. And she was so insisting. And uh, we said, we have to make an exception. The eligibility criteria said you must have a residency permit. We made an exception. I love exceptions. <laughs> I did too. So uh, Sophia came in and uh, she uh, wanted to start her company. She was, she's such an inspiring woman and her son teenager he wants to be the next Zlatan and they are both Zlatan so Ibrahimovic Zlatan Ibrahimovic yes. yeah sorry and they are so determined the mother and the son now uh, uh, Mohammed is playing with one of the best uh, football teams uh, in, in south of Sweden and Sophia she started her company regardless that she doesn't even have a permanent residency, you know? I love it. She st now she's teaching other immigrant women how to make 
uh, uh, using uh, uh, Ethiopian cotton, yeah. using Swedish designs, she is making clothes. And she is also targeting the the uh, Muslim women who need special kinds of clothes. So she's running her business. And you, dear listeners, what's your excuse for not doing more? Going to the country where the city cannot touch me. No sound of passing cars, no drunks from closing bars. You see the stars each night, far from those city lights. And you fall asleep to the sound of peace and quiet. In the city, my heart, it feels contained. I want to set it free again. about Sophia, you know, if you see Sophia, you can never imagine that this small, thin, very gentle voice, very thin voice woman has such power. She, you cannot imagine that she has, she's so strong. That's, she's amazing. And that's probably the stronger person you, you, uh, you met. Absolutely, absolutely. She's so determined and she's so inspiring. When you hear her talking with that smile, you will believe that anyone can do anything. Maybe we should dedicate this episode to Sophia. Absolutely. Oh, I love this. I okay. love it. Sophia, this episode is for you. Oh. This is uh, the end soon of not of immigration, not of integration, <laughs> but of this podcast episode. Yeah. I wanted to end with a, a couple of thoughts about, you know, our audience is um, comprised of people working with change in, in many different ways, but people who have that, that psychology of, you know, being a change agent in society. And uh, obviously you're a very uh, inspiring change agent for us and, and you have done a lot. And uh, what is it that you would tell us um, when it comes to 
you know, facing hardship and, and the, the mindset we need to have regardless of the, of the project? What was key for you? Be curious, I would say. Curious. Curiosity. Be genuinely curious and, and just open up for being, accept that you don't know a lot about everything. So just open, open your mind and your heart for other people and communicate. So this, is, this was major for me. And also be happy. Because when you are happy, you just attract all the good things. And you are just uh, inspiring and inspired. When you, when, you, um, when you look immigrants and refugees, mm -hmm. um, uh, like a story like Sophia's story mm -hmm. and, and how she's perceived by other immigrants, yeah. like how do you see the, the, the groups sort of connecting? And, and because the, the truth is, there are people who have that internal fire mm -hmm. to just go yes. and go and Absolutely. go and go and go. Absolutely. And some others that are sort of falling into the... Um, well, we cannot call this the, the comfort zone, but mm. like more of the, the sort of... Um, Depression. Uh, yeah. The, the, because when you say be happy, like, yeah. it's a choice? Uh, yeah, I would say, of course, sometimes you... Listen, if there was anyone who should not be happy, it should be Sophia, for example, as a, as a symbol for... But yes, she has fire inside and... Uh, the, the thing that if you are working with immigrants uh, uh, as a change maker, if you are working with immigrants in any capacity, uh, one thing that uh, I value so much and I found very, very important is that uh, get them involved. Ask them. Be curious. Ask them. What do you want? How do you, how do you see that we can work? How do you want to be engaged in culture? How do you want to be engaged in business? So I think this is the key. curiosity. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. See you soon. Enjoy it. Thanks. Cool.
dear listeners, if you're uh, hungry for the video version of this interview, it is on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to Green Exchange channels. So the podcasts, search Green Exchange, YouTube, share with all your friends. Ciao.